Hello again, friends. Welcome to The Bible Preacher. We sure thank you, everyone that has listened and subscribed and shared this podcast, The Bible Preacher, with their friends and families and even strangers. Amen. And uh, boy, this last uh, couple episodes, the Lord's blessed. And seeing that it's been heard in several countries around the world and uh, in many states across the nation. But I'm here to tell you, it does no good if we hear it, but we don't apply it. The Word of God, it is good if, it is good regardless. But boy, how much greater it can makes an impact in our lives when it's not just read, but it, boy, it is used in our life on a daily basis. So we appreciate, <coughs> appreciate your prayers for the Bible podcast and for myself as I study and read and seek the Lord out. I pray today would be a blessing as well. As we turn to 1 Kings chapter 18, verses 30 through verse 38. I want to preach today on, is your all on the altar? Amen. Is your all on the altar? The altar of consecration we have here in 1 Kings chapter 18, verse 30. Uh, we find the Bible says, And Elijah said unto all the people, Come near unto me. And all the people came near unto him. And he repaired the altar of the Lord that was broken down. And Elijah took twelve stones according to the number of the tribe of the sons of Jacob, unto whom the word of the Lord came, saying, Israel shall be thy name. And with the stones he built an altar in the name of the Lord, and he made a trench about the altar as great as would contain two measures of seed. And he put the wood in order and cut the bullock in pieces and laid him on the wood and said fill four barrels with water and pour it on the burnt sacrifice and on the wood and he said do it the second time and they did it the second time and he said do it the third time and they did it the third time and the water ran round about the altar and he filled the trench also with water and it came to pass at the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice, that Elijah the prophet came near and said, Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and of Israel, let it be known this day that thou art God in Israel, and that I am thy servant, and that I have done all these things at thy word. Hear me, O Lord, hear me, that this people may know that thou art the Lord God, and that thou hast turned their heart back again. Verse 38. Then the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt sacrifice and the wood and the stones and the dust and licked up the water that was in the trench. Let's pray. Lord, I pray you'd meet with us in the following time here as we seek to learn from your word and apply it to our lives from the word of God in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey, here in 1 Kings 18, Israel was in a mess. There'd been a whole period of time where uh, we read in this passage, the altar was in disrepair. And boy, I tell you, say, boy, we can jump on Israel. We can tell Israel how bad they are and how much they should know who Almighty God is and how God brought them out of Egypt and God well, I'm reading this morning how God's been protecting them in the wilderness and protecting them from the greatest nation of the world, Egypt, and for providing for them. And here they are. First Kings 18. Man of God has to come on the scene. 
and, and lead his people back to the Lord. Here in, uh, we read of the altar here, how Elijah uh, was repairing the altar. And the word altar is used 321 times throughout Scripture. The first time the word altar is used is in Genesis 8, verse 20. And Noah builded an altar unto the Lord. Genesis 12, 7. And there builded he, Abraham, builded he an altar unto the Lord who appeared unto him. Question now. When is the last time the Lord met with you? It's all oh, I read my Bible in the morning. I, I every morning. I, hey, oh, every night, preacher. I'm here to tell you every night. I, well, I like to. Well, oh, morning gets real tough. I, I like to talk to the Lord on the way to work. Hey, friend, when's the last time you met with God? Or maybe I should ask, when's the last time the Lord met with you, friend? Is there a time if you don't set it aside? Many times people schedule time to eat. They schedule time to sleep. They make sure they breathe. They make sure they get to where they want to go and get what they want to get. Friend, is God on our schedule? Or do we wait till some great calamity? Try to go find God. Try to find out where we left our walk with him and get back right. Hey, uh, Genesis 33, 20, the Bible says, And he, Jacob, and he erected there an altar and called it El Elohi Israel. Exodus 17, 15. And Moses built an altar and called the name of it Jehovah Nisi. Joshua 8, verse 30. Then Joshua built an altar unto the Lord God of Israel in Mount Ebal. Judges 6, verse 24. Then Gideon built an altar there unto the Lord. And check here in 1 Samuel chapter 14, verse 35. And Saul built an altar unto the Lord. The same was the first altar that he built unto the Lord. And then we see in verse 1 Samuel 15, verse 12. The Bible says Saul came to Carmel, hello. And behold, he set him up a place and is gone about and is passed on and gone down to Gilgal, which brings us to 1 Kings chapter 18, verse 30. I believe this altar that was in disrepair, this altar that was broken down, this altar where Elijah met on the flat part of the uh, top of Mount Carmel, the large flat area where Israel could come up and watch where they used to come to the altar to worship. I believe it's the very same altar that Elijah brings Israel back to. You ever see something and you recognize it from a days gone by? You ever see a passage of scripture and you read it and you remember that's the passage the Lord used to call me to preach. You read a passage in the Bible and you realize that was the passage God used to convict my heart and might see my need of a Savior named Jesus. Hey, Elijah took the people of Israel, the nation, the nation of Israel, back to this altar. I believe uh, that it was an altar of consecration. We see, first of all, with what Elijah had done, was number one, there was a problem. There was a problem. The altar of the Lord, that was broken down. And that doesn't just happen automatically every time. I believe with this altar, there was neglect. 
Amos 8, verse 11, the Bible says that I will send a famine in the land, not a famine of bread, nor a thirst for water, but of hearing the words of the Lord. Neglect. There's a lack of hearing the words of the, of the Lord. Uh, friends, I, I've been married now 13 years to my queen and my honey bun, the baby back of my ribs. I love my wife. And, and I'm here to tell you as a husband, uh, your wife can speak. And sometimes we, we hear her utter a sound. But when we listen, when we give concentrated focus and concentrated interest in what she is saying and how it applies and how I can be a part of what she is speaking about or asking about, there's a difference. Friend, I've heard of the days gone by how God did great things in the past. I'm convinced God's doing great things now. And friends, some of the great things that God's doing now is, is putting a, uh, our nation in a condition where people are wanting to hear from the Lord. There's a nation where we're in such conditions, hey, we, we now are able to concentrate and focus on we need God. But hey, the problem here, the altar of the Lord, all caps, Lord Jehovah, that was broken down. We have the problem. What we're going to do? Well, there was a plea. The Bible says, come near unto me. That word come is mentioned 1,816 times throughout scripture. The man of God was calling. Uh, he said to come near. He's trying to say, hey, what was once close was now distant. What was once familiar needs to be reintroduced. This Man of God, he, he was pleading with his people. Hey, fathers, are we pleading with our family? Are we pleading with our wives and children, with our wife and children? Hey, we need the Lord. We need to have some family time around our Bible. Do we have mothers pleading with their children? Hey, Susan, you need to read your Bible. You need to have a walk with God. Well, Mama, I don't want to. Well, honey, has there ever been a time and place where you got saved, where you got born again? Uh, Johnny, is there, a, is there a time in your life where you started your relationship with Almighty God and he become your Savior, your personal Savior? Hey, have we pleaded with our family? It's easy to plead with our nation. But I believe what we have is not a national, national problem. I believe you boil her down. It comes down to the, you say, oh, my church isn't doing that right, and my church isn't doing this, and oh, if my preacher did that, and if my preacher did this, friend, how's your home? Has there been pleading taking place at home? How can we have tears on the altar at church when there's no tears on the living room couch at home or by your bed or in your chair with your Bible open seeking God? How can we plead others publicly when we haven't pleaded with God privately? This man says, come near unto me. I remember being in South America with our family and our family was trying to obey the Lord and planting a church there. And there were folks there that well, they, don't, we don't, they don't look American. They don't live like Americans. 
They don't smell like Americans, maybe. But I learned sometimes when you go to a house, you're trying to talk to them about the Lord, and there's a man there starting to cry and realize his, his need of God to be his Savior. When you just take a couple minutes to sit down beside him, you take some time to put your arm around him. And you don't mind him, his head laying on your shoulder. And, and dear sister, there's a, another mama in the church crying. And you know why. Or you don't know why. But you don't mind getting on your knees at the altar uh, there at church with her. And putting your arm around her and praying. And hey, sometimes I learned in South America, there might be lice jump from one head to another. There might be a uh, uh, sweat. Uh, wipe from one arm to the other. You go to just shake somebody's hand and you don't got no idea what's going to be transferred from their hand to yours, but you got close. I think of my Savior. He left heaven and all its purity to come here and get close to us. I remember being in Washington, D.C. in high school and junior high, where they take us there for field trips. I remember standing in line to go look through the White House with our class that day, and, and our teacher put the fear of God in us that we not touch anything, that we not break anything, and we obey. And I was in awe of that wonderful place there, and so many great presidents have served there, and, and I walking through there, and but I, I, I walked through this one room following the tour group. There are certain hallways I couldn't go in. There are certain rooms I weren't allowed to enter. Why? Because I was not allowed to come near the president. We were not allowed to come near uh, areas that were off limits. But Almighty God took upon himself even the form of a servant. And come to earth. Why? He, he going to come close to us. I'm so glad Jesus said, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. I'm thankful I serve a Savior that wants to get close to me. He don't just want to get close. He saved my soul. He's in my heart. But I, I'm in his hand. Hey, I, he won't drop me. He won't forget me. He knows the hairs of my head. Why? He's got close. And I'm so glad. Here Elijah tells Israel, come near unto me. You know, Israel didn't want to be near King Ahab. They sure didn't want to be near Queen Jezebel. They're wicked. But Elijah then went up into the presence of the King Ahab and said, it won't rain for till I say it's going to rain, till God tells me to tell you it's going to rain. Tells Israel, come near unto me. I'm thankful for my pastor. Uh, there's many a time, but I've lost track. Many a time. Or boy, be at the altar and boy, pastor, just come and pray with us. There'd be a need and boy, he just, my pastor, he doesn't mind getting close. He doesn't mind uh, helping carry a burden, pray together and take it to the Lord. I'm thankful for my pastor. You should thank God for yours. But here in this passage, we, we've seen the problem. The altar of the Lord was broken down. We see the plea. The man of God said, come near 
unto me. Hey, then I see the preacher. He said, unto me. Elijah is mentioned 63 times throughout scripture. His life can be summed up in this verse. 1 Kings 18, verse 15. And Elijah said, as the Lord of hosts liveth before whom I stand. Elijah, hey, he was human. He said, oh, he wanted to die. He asked God to kill him. Oh, we've all had valleys. But when you realize in your Christian walk who you stand before at all times, people come to me saying, you better be careful with that online media that they're tracking you. You better be careful with that phone. The government's going to track you. Friend, when you realize Almighty God knows where you are at all times. Oh, you won't be real worried about the government. Hey, uh, but Elijah said before, as the, as the Lord of hosts liveth, before whom I stand. When you live your life with your walk with God, realizing I stand in the presence. Oh, my. Hey, that changes everything. He, he said, I, I stand before as the Lord of hosts liveth. That's the power of God. First Samuel 17, 45, I'm reminded that it says, but I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts. Hey, David remembered and knew and practiced the power of God. He said, it's the Lord of hosts that I, that I come before thee in his name, not my name. Friend, 2021 will have enough challenges on its own. There may be many challenges that were carried over from 2020. But when we face those giants, and we say, as the Lord of hosts liveth, hey, that's where the power is. And the power is in the Lord. I, I, our power, hey, we may have a little. There may be some that even like to work out and bench press five, 600 pounds. I'm here to tell you, they got a limit. They got a limit. I remember having to, uh, get a get a pallet jack to lift up a pallet of product at a factory I used to work at. You know what? That poor pallet jack didn't have a chance. Why? Well, it was only rated for a certain amount of power. I needed it to lift about two tons. I had to go get this high-dollar electric pallet that they warned us to be careful in using. Why? Because it had increased power. But even that electric pallet jack, I'm here to tell you, it had a limit. Hey, that Lord of hosts, the almighty God, he is all powerful. David said, before I come to thee, but I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts. Hey, friend, whose, whose name are you coming in whose power? It's not about us, friend. He says, Lord of hosts. And Elijah said, before whom I stand, the presence of God. You know, when I was in school, I was a handful. I was a worser handful than now, amen. And I'd get mouthy and I'd have to go to the principal's office and I'd get my whooping. It's back when they whooped in school in a, a skinny, narrow board with a good handle. And uh, Cal Ripken, Jose Canseco got nothing on my uh, old school principal. They got nothing on my teachers in the hallway. I mean, he'd have to grab your ankles and There'd be a witness there, and they'd lay three swift ones on you. And that Board of Education would hit the seat of learning. 
I'm here to tell you, friend, I, my, the presence of who I was in, I surely remembered. And next time I wanted to act up, I remembered I don't want to be in that person's presence. I want to behave. Hey, the presence of God, when you remember whose presence you stand in, you behave different. Let us never forget that we always, we always in God's presence. Well, uh, it's certain time of hour of the night. I like to go, friend, you're always in the presence of God. He sees, hears, and knows all that takes place. Hey, Elijah made a difference because he knew where the power in his life was coming from, from the Lord of hosts. He, he knew the, the presence he stood in, won't his friends, won't his buddies, won't his families. No, friend, he was in the presence of God. So we see here the, this altar that needed to be repaired, the problem, the plea, the preacher. But I see here the, the process. Remember, Elijah took 12 stones. That reminds me of the number of the tribes of the son of Jacob. Can you imagine Elijah walking up to that altar and seeing those stones that are in disrepair? And as he knelt down perhaps to pick up a stone and to roll it and move it and slide it and position it back in place. Mate, you know, I, I, Israel knew about altars from the time of Noah and Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. And, and now each stone represented a, a tribe. And as Elijah would grab that stone and put it back up there in that altar, Manasseh, you remember God working in your lives and he'd grab another stone. Reuben, remember the Lord Almighty, God Jehovah working? He'd grab another stone. Hey, Benjamin, you remember the Lord working? And boy, he just go through those tribes. He'd say, did he do that? I don't know, but the Bible says Elijah took 12 stones. You think each tribe watched Elijah? And remembered back when they used to do that? Hey, friend, do you remember when you started your walk with God and was born again and excited and on fire? How, how's the stones of your altar? How, how are you? How's your walk with God? Is it in disrepair? Has it gotten a little dusty? Has COVID got things just a little cruise control and online for you? Friend, hey, remember, remember the steadfast promises of God. Genesis 35, 10, the Bible says, And God said unto him, Thy name is Jacob. Thy name shall not be called anymore Jacob, but Israel shall be thy name. And he called his name Israel. He wanted them to remember, friend. Let us not forget. Let us not remove, let, let us not forget, but also let us remove any doubt. Elijah, he made a trench about the altar. He put the wood in order. He cut the bullock in pieces. He laid him on the wood. He filled four barrels with water and poured on the sacrifice, and they did that three times. Everything was soaked, and water filled the trench with water. And he prayed a 63-word prayer and never mentioned the word fire. Elijah was ready to see God move. He had prepared. He had a process. He said, let it be known 
this day that this people may know. Hey, it's amazing. He never mentioned the word fire. God sent it. Friends, there's things we can pray for by name. And God knows what we need. There's prayers where we said, Dear Lord, I've got no words. And God knows. There have been times I said, Lord, I, I like to have an F-450 with a lift kit and a big motor. And you know what? Lord sends me a vehicle I need. Amen. I don't need an F-450 with a lift kit. Goodness. And Lord knows what we need. We close here. After his process, we see the proof. Verse 38, then the fire of the Lord fell. Hey, friend, what's the condition of your altar? When's the last time the Lord answered prayer? He said, I haven't had fire come down at my house. When's the last time you could write down and keep record of, boy, the Lord answered prayer again? Oh, the Lord uh, made plain to me through the word of God the direction I should take for my family's life. Hey, when's the last time someone can look at your life and see, I see the change that's taking place in your life. I see the proof in the pudding, amen. Hey, friend, are, we, are you ignoring the plea to strengthen your walk with God? Do you have the power of God because You've been spending time in his presence. How come we won't, hey, preachers, how come we, we get so busy, we get so busy wanting the power of God, yet we refuse or minimalize or rationalize or, it, or we explain away the reason to spend time in the presence of of God. If we have no power, preacher, I check to see if we spending time in his presence. Daddy, your, your children giving you grief? Are you got no power in your family? Friend, or have you spent time in the presence of God? Hey, can the world today see the fire of the Lord in your life? Friend, I, I was a firefighter in the military for some time. You know, every time we had a big fire, we didn't have to explain to nobody what it was. Every time we, when we were overseas and an F-18 would land and them tires would hit that asphalt at a high rate of speed and a fire would start and we'd get the call and we'd go um, respond with our fire trucks down that long uh, runway. And you know what? Nobody had to... Say, what's that right there under the plane? Is that the missile? Is that the fuselage? Is that the is that the chrome? No, friend, they knew that thing was on fire. Friend, the world, though it may try to set much on fire, burn buildings down, tear tear, tear down that which would reinforce the families for God. Friend, when they see our lives, our behavior, our communication, our attitude, our discipline, uh, our walk with our wife and our children, husbands, those know there's a fire. Uh, I spent some time in Alaska, and I'm here to tell you, when I'd go into a vehicle, or I'd go into a building, 
I would know that there is some fire nearby. Why? Because there's some warmth. That fire, it purifies. It protects. It, it sterilizes. It, it can save you from being cold. Christian, we can jump on the center. We can jump on the world for their behavior and how it's wrong. But I believe with all my soul, if we get our altar in order, we'd have the fire of God in our life. May we be like Elijah. May we be like Elijah so that when we pray, God moves. Amen. I pray you meet with us the next appointed time of the Bible Preacher. Please share, listen, and uh, let us know how the podcast does. In Jesus' name, amen.